Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group. Member FINRA SIPC. Sierra Ridge Wealth Management is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. The S&P 500 is a market cap-weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies and leading industries of the U.S. economy. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of Hunter Lowry and not those of Sierra Ridge Wealth Management or Next Financial Group. Next does not provide tax or legal advice. So many people get overwhelmed when they think about financial planning, investing, and wealth management. They think it's over their heads. They're intimidated. And you know what? Cut the music. Stop it. Don't worry. We'll show you the ropes. This is the Wealth Accelerator Podcast. We're your go-to source for demystifying those intimidating financial topics. We're here to make the complex world of money simple, straightforward, and accessible. So whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting out on your financial journey, this podcast is for you. This is the Wealth Accelerator Podcast, and this is Hunter Lowry. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Wealth Accelerator Podcast. Hunter Lowry here. I'm a financial advisor, and my goal is to help you to create a family legacy, not just short-term wealth. All right, let's jump right into it. I want to continue our conversation from the last episode. If you missed it, I would go back and start with the part one so you're all caught up. But super quick, Spark Notes version here. Um, I wanted to cover some items for attention for people who are close to retirement. There are a lot of things to consider before making the transition. And the more diligent you are with this stuff, the better your retirement life is going to look. So last episode, we talked about having a good understanding of what your actual expenses would look like so that you can live that ideal life. We went over some long-term care facts and the importance of having a plan for a potential long-term care event and also making sure that you tackle and clean up all of your outstanding debts. So that was the first three things. But moving on here, A major mistake that I see people make is they also underestimate longevity risk. All right, what the heck is longevity risk? It means that you might live longer than you think. (laughs) So when I'm talking to people about retirement planning, it's almost a guarantee that most people are going to tell me, Hunter, I want to be getting more conservative when I get to retirement. That is probably the most common misconception ever. But every single year I get closer to retirement, people think that I should be getting more and more conservative. No way at all. Do you realize that the average life expectancy in the United States is 78.8 years old? So if you retire at 65, your money has to last you another 13 years. It needs to keep up with inflation and recover from some of the proceeds that you're pulling out. It needs to keep producing. And that's just the average life expectancy. Everything that we do with financial planning, it's a probabilities game. How do we set you up for the highest chance of success? That's the overall goal. Well, knowing that, Did you realize that you actually have a 70% chance that either you or your spouse is going to live to age 90? 90 years old. One of my grandpas, he just hit 95 years old. I don't know exactly when he retired, but assuming he did at 65, it's been 30 years that he's been living off of his retirement assets. I mean, why would we want to get more and more conservative when you get closer to retirement while we need your money to last you potentially another 25 to 30 years? Well, Hunter, you've told us sequence of return risk. We don't want to take on you know, too much risk here because if we have to withdraw from the portfolio and the market loses 10% and we pull out eight, that's actually an 18% loss. 
Yes, you're right, that's completely true. But the key here is we only wanna make a portion of your investments more conservative. We have to have different buckets that are being used for different timeframes. We need a short-term liquid bucket, a conservative income-producing bucket, and a long-term growth bucket. In an ideal world, I really like to get where somewhere between 60 to 80% of my clients' retirement needs are met with, air quotes here, guaranteed income streams. I mean, of course, no such thing as a guarantee, but as close as we can get to it. Pensions, social security, maybe some closed-ended mutual funds, preferred stocks, or sometimes fixed indexed annuities, something that can spit out some money back to you on a consistent basis, and it's not as susceptible to market fluctuations. If we have that short-term liquid bucket set in you know, some sort of a money market account, then we have that more conservative income bucket to help produce some of that more stable income. At that point, we can take the remainder and invest more aggressively to fund your retirement life that is still 20 or 30 years away. I always personally build my financial plans to take people all the way out to age 95. And then I actually do show them as well if they end up living longer than that, are you going to be okay? So again, that longevity risk, it's really, really important to think about because your money needs to take you much further past age 65. So another thing that I commonly see from people uh, getting close to retirement is they wanna pull social security too early, which I get it. We've been paying into this thing for forever, it feels like, and people want their money back. I totally understand. But again, back to living longer than we expect. As I'm sure you know, the more that you defer Social Security, the more money that you're going to get out of it. And plus, a lot of times, the break-even points really aren't that long. So for example, I often find that if a client maybe waits until age 70 to take Social Security, as long as they live to be 77, then it was worth the wait you would actually be shocked and think, oh yeah, just a couple thousand dollars a month from waiting, that isn't gonna make a huge difference. I should just take the money out now. But realistically, pulling social security too early can drastically hurt your chances of success. I was working on a plan this morning uh, and just for deferring social security for three extra years, the chance of success for this client went from 43% up to 85%. So it does, it makes a really big difference. And you wanna make sure that you have correctly evaluated that before you begin withdrawing. Which brings me to my next point. Beyond just social security, we really wanna make sure that we have a withdrawal strategy for the rest of your investments. Normally over time, people acquire all sorts of different types of accounts. Hopefully you've been contributing to your Roth IRAs. Uh, You've probably used different 401ks throughout your uh, working career. You've probably got some company matches along the way that's growing tax deferred. Maybe you used some non-retirement accounts as well. So we have to organize everything and understand what tax buckets we have set up. Because in the scenario that I was just talking about, that person would have some money taxed at either short-term or long-term capital gains rates. Some of the money would be taxed at ordinary income rates, and some of the money would be growing tax-free. And we really need to pay attention to where we are pulling money out of and what the tax consequence of that action is going to be. Personally, my favorite way to go about this is to pull from non-retirement accounts first, then traditional, then Roth accounts. 
I really like to try and maintain the balances in Roth accounts so that though that money can continue to have more and more compound interest taking place and generate even more tax-free growth for you for the long term. But if you start right away by depleting all of your Roth accounts, yeah, the tax benefit, it's really nice today, but long term, you're going to have to rely even heavier on your traditional non-retirement accounts to fund that lifestyle. And the more money that you pull from a traditional retirement account or a non-retirement account, the more that you're going to pay in taxes. If you pull out $150,000 from your Roth IRA, you're getting the full $150,000 net in your pocket. No taxes whatsoever. If you pull that same 150 grand out of your traditional IRA, you're going to get a tax bill of probably around $20,000-ish just for making that move. So you really only net 130 there. And I've seen it happen where people are not aware of the tax consequences of your withdrawals, and all of a sudden the money doesn't last near as long as they were hoping. So please have a plan of attack for withdrawing from all of your accounts. Okay, finally, the last thing that I want to bring up on for all of this is the importance of estate planning, especially talking about all these tax consequences. You have to have a good estate plan in place to make sure that everything that you built is protected and treated like you want for those future generations. Honestly, this is probably the hardest thing to get clients to do. People don't really like thinking about it. It's kind of a weird topic to talk about what happens when we're not around, but I'm telling you, it's extremely crucial, and I really, really urge you to take care of that and have a trust or will set in place. So hopefully all that stuff was enough to sink your teeth into, and over the last couple episodes, maybe gave you some ideas on things that you can personally work on, but overall, everything that I mentioned is why I build financial plans for people. All of this stuff is the entire reason that I talk about goals and wants and wishes with all of my clients. It goes way beyond should we be buying Tesla right now. By building out that financial plan, we can stress test it against all different sorts of market scenarios and I can show my clients exactly the steps that we need to take to be the most efficient in all those different categories that I've been mentioning to you guys over these last two episodes. That's what gives people peace of mind long-term, that they can live the retirement life they want and they don't have to worry about who gets elected or what happens to interest rates this year. Or maybe we find out, hey, you do need to work a couple more years than you were hoping. But at that point, at least having an answer that even if you don't love to hear it, it's better than no answer at all and just wondering and hoping that it's all going to work out. So if I can ever help you, we can always connect and chat. I'd love to learn more about your personal financial goals and talk about a path that can take you to those goals in the most efficient manner possible. So if you'd like to connect, you can always go to speakwithhunter.com. There's a link to my personal calendar there. I would love to meet you and love to learn some more about you. All right, guys, with that, it is a great day to have a great day, everybody. Take care. You've been listening to the Wealth Accelerator Podcast. Hunter is a fully licensed financial advisor, and his mission is to equip you with the knowledge and insights you need to make informed financial decisions. His goal is to break down those barriers that often make investing seem confusing and overwhelming. If you'd like to talk about your specific situation, you can contact Hunter directly. Yes, you heard it right. Let's discuss your financial goals and how we can help you achieve them. Get ready to create that lasting legacy. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to like, rate, and review. Find Hunter on Facebook and Instagram at Hunter Lowry. See you next time on the Wealth Accelerator Podcast.